Welcome to another episode of OTXNT, which stands for Old Testament, Christ, New Testament. Two men, two degrees, Old Testament and New Testament. Listen to Dr. Andrew Marquez and Dr. Benjamin Pate begin a discussion on topics that you and I should probably be thinking about from a Baptist perspective. Hang in there. It's going to be all right. This stuff is good. Hit that like button. Check us out on YouTube. Well, doing it. Hey, man, I, I am on. Are you on? Are you ready to roll? I'm ready to roll. Very cool. Hey, welcome to another OTXNT. We took a, took a break. Actually, I wanted to do this episode last week, but I'm doing it now. So um, last night was the last night of Hanukkah. And so the question comes up, uh, does Hanukkah have any significance to the Christian? Uh, is it okay to celebrate it? You know, should we celebrate it? Those are all fun questions that I like. Um, what about you? You want to, you want to talk about that today? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, um, set me up for next year if you want to do it next year, but, uh, you know, I don't think many Christians do celebrate it, but there's definitely, uh, some good connections to Christianity that, that I'm sure you're going to make today. So I'm going to try Let's do it. Well, hey, let's start us off, man. Get us in the Lord's Prayer. This could be a little bit of a shorter one today. Um, it's uh, but uh, we got a second one coming up pretty quickly right after this. So let's do it, man. All right, let's let's pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not unto temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. All, All right. right. So, man, I, I got to tell you, early into this, like before I really knew much about it, I was one of those guys. It was kind of like, man, what is this Hanukkah thing all about? Like, is it a is it a like like just the Jewish alternative to Christmas, right? Because I mean, you kind of think about like, I guess you grow up here in like the, you know, Adam Sandler Hanukkah song, and you kind of think Christians have their thing that they have their song that they sing at Hanukkah, uh, you know, that kind of a thing. You just kind of thought like, it's just the alternative, right? Um, but over time, uh, I have found and just personally, um, you know, through study is that that is I think Christians need to wake up and recognize like that is not the case at all. And in fact, uh, I think it's our story. If you're a Christian, you're part of the spiritual story of Israel. Uh, and so everything that happened to Israel in the Old Testament is part of our story. That's our spiritual heritage. Uh, and, and this story takes place between the two Testaments, uh, between the old and the new. And there are things that take place in that period uh, that are still, it's part of our spiritual heritage, um, regardless of whether there's not much about it in the Bible, it's still part of the story of the people, uh, and, and as their form still right up towards the new Testament. And so I know that you as a new Testament guy, I know you guys have to study a lot of intertestamental literature, the stuff between the testaments, uh, and like the bulk of this stuff is not biblical, but the more I've studied, I've seen that there's kind of two big references to me, uh, in the Bible that show us that I think that there's good reason to, for us to look into this. Um, really the first one that ever got me, man, was, uh, John chapter 10, verse 22. And it's, it says there that, uh, then the, the festival of dedication took place in Jerusalem 
and it was winter. And so, uh, and Jesus was walking in the temple uh, in Solomon's, uh, Solomon's colonnade. And so here we have in these uh, two verses, Jesus in Jerusalem at the festival of dedication. And you kind of just run through that. And you don't really think about it, but dedication of what? It's the dedication of the temple, the, the rededication of the temple that takes place in winter. Jesus is celebrating Hanukkah. Uh, and, and so that's the first big reference to recognize, okay, first off, this is way older uh, and, and uh, than we think it is, if you've not known about it. Uh, and, and Jesus is even celebrating. That's why I kind of think it's funny. Like at Christmas time, we celebrate the birth of Christ, but recognize like, like before people, because they didn't really celebrate birthdays in the ancient uh, world. Um, Jesus was celebrating Hanukkah before people really ever started celebrating his birthday. Now I'm throwing that out there, but that's, that's what I think anyways. Um, so that's the first one. Anything on that as a new, I'm, yeah. I know I'm entering into the new Testament world, but anything you want to throw in at that so far? Well, I, I think it's it's interesting, you know, one of the things that we often uh, in especially the Protestant world, we, we don't talk much about the Septuagint and we don't talk about the Apocrypha. Um, and when we use that word, you know, the, the Catholic Church looks at us and they think of something else. But when we say Apocrypha, we talk about the writings that made it into the, the Septuagint, but are not part of the Hebrew Bible. And they really fall between the Testaments. And so uh, first and second Maccabees being uh, key in this discussion uh, are not part of our canon of scripture. However, even if you go back to Jerome, who's not certain that these should be viewed in scripture as the same level of scripture, um, everybody kind of affirmed that it was worth knowing about the Septuagint and that the Septuagint, sorry, that the, uh, the Apocrypha, uh, that those books were helpful in us understanding the context and history and heritage uh, that we have brought in into the New Testament era. And yeah. so uh, I think that that it's worth reading. And I, I would encourage everyone listening, if you haven't read First and Second Maccabees, go do it. Uh, and, and you're going to find out that uh, this story is uh, connecting um, really even to the end times in, in a special way in which uh, the persecution came down and, and God's preservation. In my mind, Hanukkah is um, pointing even to the ultimate return of Christ. Um, so, uh, but I don't know where you're going next. So I will. Hey man, I will well, I mean, so I think, I think that's a good place to begin. It's like, okay, look, I, I think Christians should not be afraid. Read first and second Maccabees, understand it, that these are, I would look at them as historical works yeah. Uh, this is telling you the story. It's a history uh, story. It's not scripture, but it contains some really interesting things that say what happened from the time the last book of the Old Testament's there to when we get to the role of Jesus. And what we do know has happened is there's something that's taken place that required the, te the temple to be rededicated. Jesus, it's already a big time and it's a big celebration. It's in the winter and Jesus and the people are celebrating it there. So that is where we understand that this is the story of the temple as it was rededicated uh, after the occupation by the Greeks and under Tychus and uh, Epiphanes. Now, that being said, as you look into that um i i didn't it wasn't until and, and you've done this too now preaching through the book of daniel wasn't until i preached through the book of daniel that i realized that the story that's in maccabees is already prophesied in daniel chapter eight uh and so you know essentially when you read daniel chapter eight um he's giving us the story of what was going to happen 
when the Greeks took over. And so he talks about with the images of the uh, shaggy goat and, uh, you know, and then you've got the one with the big horn, uh, the, and they, you know, how they fight. Um, and then how the horn will break into four. And then he starts to talk about how uh, you'll see things like this in Daniel eight from uh, the little horn grows extensively. Verse 10 says it grew as high as the heavenly army made some of the army and some of the stars fall to the earth, trampled them and acted arrogantly, even against the prince of the heavenly army. Um, and it revoked his regular sacrifice overthrew the place of his sanctuary. Um, this is talking about Jesus. This is talking about the, the commander of the Lord's army. This is a, uh, same of uh, in Joshua, who's uh, commander of the Lord's army there, takes away. This guy will take away the sacrifices. He'll take away uh, the sanctuary. Uh, and it says in the rebellion, the army was given up and uh, together with regular sacrifice. So talking about that there would be some sort of like spiritual rebellion at one point. And as a result, the people are going to kind of be given over, uh, which is exactly what if you dig into the history, they become so Hellenized that lots of people are just kind of giving up their faith. They're becoming Greek. They're not really keeping the, the laws or, the, uh, or even focusing on the scriptures anymore. Uh, and, and then there's this reference to the, uh, you know, the, the, the rebellion that makes desolate, the giving over the sanctuary and being trampled. Um, there is this discussion of 20, uh, 2,300 evenings and mornings, and some of them speculate that that's when Antiochus killed this high priest, and that's kind of when this oppression starts. Um, and so you, you go through and you, you keep talking more and more, but so you find that in this story, right, there's going to be uh, fighting against God's people, there will be trampling of his, his sanctuary, there will be, um, you know, uh, that this guy will eventually die, uh, and, uh, but like, there is this, this whole like piece of what takes place in Maccabees unfolding. Now it's so precise that of course, everybody who, you know, if you're a scholar and you read Daniel, you got to get to the point where they say, well, it's so precise that, uh, you know, it's all written after the fact and, uh, and it's not really a real prophecy. And so I beg to differ. I think Daniel is given this vision. He's being told what's going to happen. He's giving it in detail for what was going to take place, which later on we've realized takes place in uh in that time now i wonder if it was from passages like this is what strengthened the people it during that time right is they knew this was going to take place and they knew it was only going to be for a certain amount of time um that this would take place but i mean as you read yeah. that right you get a glimpse the rest of daniel kind of points to this guy antiochus epiphanes uh who is over the area uh, in 174 bc this greek king who makes himself to be god um yeah. you know he, he's there but the rest of daniel kind of points him as like he's a type for the antichrist that is terrible as he was he's not the guy um and so um that's where i think for us too when you tell that story when you get into the hanukkah story that's that's just like essentially read through daniel 8 sometime and you realize that that is the prophetic version of what will take place later on what do you think about that you've preached through daniel yeah no i mean i <clears throat> just uh we're getting through daniel 11 right now um you know, verse 14, Daniel 8, um, after that period of time, the sanctuary will be restored, right? And, and so that's the prediction that bad things are coming, it's going to be terrible, but it's going to be limited, and there will be a restoration. So yeah, I think that that's a really great moment, because that is prophesied in advance. And 
Uh, I, I agree that this is prophecy. Uh, the Hebrew Bible has no problem telling history also. You know, that's the, that's the issue. There, there's really no need for Daniel to have to try to make this up and pretend it was prophecy. You have chronicles that happen after the fact and yeah. recalling the history of the kings and giving a theological interpretation. So, so really, there's no need for him to try to, to turn this, you know, late in the second century. Um, it, it doesn't add up. I think it is prophecy. And again, this is what Jesus is celebrating, you know, in John 10. Yeah. this event of the restoration of the temple. And it's really a, a beautiful part of our heritage. And I, I do think that the Christian celebration of Christmas has kind of um, pulled out of Hanukkah, a similar celebration for us, but it's not, I don't really see the two as opposed to each other. Like that's no. their holiday. This is ours um, because it, it really is a biblical um, moment in time. And, and then of course, God performed a miracle uh, at Hanukkah. And I, I didn't know if you wanted to share uh, what what's the big miracle that actually took place? Well, okay. So here's my thoughts on this, right? Let me, before I get to the miracle piece, uh -huh. and just in case you understand, I'm hogging the mic today because this is how we divided our duties for these two parters that we're doing. So I'm doing this, Andrew's doing Advent. Um, I actually do celebrate Hanukkah at my house. And um, here's, here's the thing. The story, the biblical part of the story is the story of the, the Jews being having their faith essentially tried to be snuffed out. Uh, if you read Maccabees, it talks about how they get rid of circumcision. They get rid of even Daniel said, we we'll get rid of the sacrifices. They got try to get rid of all the scriptures, uh, everything they could uh, to wipe out the faith. And yet there were people who said, like, we will not go down this road. Uh, we would rather die then go down this road. And I, and I love the story because really it is, a, it's one that says like, like um, God's rules first. It's one that strengthens the people understand that like persecution, it, it may come. And yet we keep our focus on, on commitment to the covenant. Right. And, and that's one of the things I like about, it. and I think also Daniel eight shows you that even as bad as it gets, it's only for a time. Uh, and that's something Daniel kind of shows us is it's only for a time. It's only for time and God will finally bring resolution. And so I love that story for that reason, because it's a great way every year to tell the story that, that there were people that still stood up and said no. And I yeah. think there's a militant aspect too, where it strengthens you to read the stories of these men. You said, look what they were willing to do. And am I willing to go, uh, not that I would take up arms like a Maccabee, but am I willing to stand for my faith like that? So I love it for that reason. Uh, and I love telling the story. Now, here's the piece that that is where it gets a little interesting is the great miracle that we talk about relates to this bad boy, which I love. I love this, which by the way, if you notice, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, an original menorah that would have been in the temple would have been seven. There's nine on this. This is a Hanukkah, um, but there's nine because of the miracle, right? The miracle is actually found in the Talmud. Uh, and so that's a Jewish, uh, Jewish literature, uh, which is sacred to them, um, I rabbinic stuff, which is the story that when they got to the temple to re to, to rededicate it, to cleanse it, to really start worship up. Um, there's a process for how the oil was to be, uh, to, to be preserved, to be ready. Uh, and, uh, and it was unclean. And so they only had enough clean, ready oil to use that would have lasted one night. And it was going to take another eight to get the oil to where they needed to. And miraculously, kind of like in the Elijah story, right, with the, the widow and the oil overflowing, yeah. miraculously, when they filled their 
their lights to keep them. And, and perpetually in the temple, you're supposed to have it lit all the time. Uh, it lasted eight days, which is why they do eight nights. And it's why they have, this is the kind of pilot candle in the middle, and you've got four on each side to mark your four, your, your eight nights. And so that's the miracle there. That's not, that's not in the Bible. That's not, I don't even think that's the Maccabee story. That's the, that's the Talmud uh, retelling of that. But one of the things I love about Hanukkah is this, is that every little detail of the way they celebrate and this is something you and I've tried to talk about, right, is every detail from the Jewish festivals that we do uh, and we do focus on tell a story uh, to the, ki the kids. So like you tell this and you talk about the oil, right? That's a big one. But, you know, when you talk about and, and you get to teach on like what lit the temple, right? This is just a little it's just a, a beautiful illustration. Uh, but you think about like the dreidel game, the dreidel game, the tradition is they, they were still going to teach their kids the scriptures. And so when the Greeks came around um, that they would pretend that they were gambling instead, and it was just a, a gambling game. And so Greeks were cool with the kids gambling money away, but not <laughs> learning the Bible because you don't want to learn Hebrew because that was the way you learned the Bible. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, but yet there were people who were dedicated. We're still going to retain the language. Um, you know, you get the, the foods. I love Hanukkah time because all the foods are in oil. Everything's got to be oily. Why? Because of the miracle that was oil lasted eight. So like every little piece to that is something that teaches them. And then every night when you light the candles, uh, well, each candle and, you know, every night you get more and more, um, you have a prayer and you have a blessing. And I'm starting to try to teach the kids that too, because like even the first line is blessed are you God, uh, you know, um, Lord, our God, you know, you are king of the universe is like, those are things like, let's, let's recommunicate those truths wow. and there's more to it, but let's communicate those truths to our children. And so I love the fact that it just gives us, it's a different flavor. I think of a holiday at, at winter. It's one, I think that like provides a little strength, a little bit of, um, you know, just, uh, courage to a believer. Um, and then at the same time though, it's fun. It, it tells certain stories. You get to play games, but you get to reinforce something that Jesus would have been speaking sure yeah. he played the games right if they were playing the games he ate the foods and jelly donuts is kind of a thing at that time too uh you wow. jelly don't now i don't think i don't I, the original jews i don't think we're eating jelly donuts <laughs> but it developed over time right so i mean that's all stuff that i think why i like it so that that's a long way to talk about the miracle but anything else you wanted to say on that uh no i mean i, I just think it's uh it's cool again there's nothing wrong. I don't believe uh, of a Christian celebrating Hanukkah and incorporating it into kind of the, the season. And uh, so now, you know, someone who does do it and, you know, uh, throw a comment, you can probably point them to some good resources, maybe on how to incorporate that. But I, uh, I, I do think it's really a, a great holiday and, and Jesus celebrated that. Right. So yeah. um, if he can do it, you know, why not, why not do it as well? I, I've not done it before, but I might try to do it next year. It, it, uh, I think it'd be fun. So. We don't do like, so our family doesn't do like the full eight nights, right? Because it's just, <clears throat> we've got so much going on. We try to do one night that we celebrate out of it all, right? At least one night to dedicate it to telling the story, to teaching these truths. I think to get, because I want them to, I mean, could you imagine years and years of Jesus growing up, hearing these stories, going for the festival? Granted, this is not a big one. This is not the big appointed ones that we talk about, but this is something that, the apostles would have known this is something Jesus would have celebrated. This is this has got you know 170 or 160 years of history prior to the prior to Jesus being here that they're knowing and they're talking about. And um, and so I think that it's it's something that you know you get a chance to hear that story, 
to be strengthened by it, but then to know that this is something that I've, I'm part of that was part of generations and generations telling these stories, hearing it. And the other thing too, is I think it opens a door for you with, with Jewish friends, right? Like ask him about it, ask him if you can come over and eat some great Hanukkah food, you know, have them come over and show you how to do it. Right. Uh, those, I think those are fun things to just do it. I think it's a good bridge to have. Um, but, but yeah, don't be afraid to do it. And, and, you know, recognize that there it's ours. It's our story too. Um, and it's biblical, Daniel eight, uh, John 10. It's, it's all, it's all stuff that is connected to those stories. I think, I think that's great. You know, we, we don't have as much time today, so I, I think we may have to call it, but, uh, not hey, without man. you well, giving I mean, a blessing. I Right. <laughs> I would like it. Truth be told, I would liken this to the same kind of holiday that like, you know, the story of Purim with the story of That's, Esther. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's referenced. It's there. We're not commanded to celebrate it. But we do know that the Jews celebrate. Jesus would have celebrated that, too. And it's another one to like it's another time and another way to teach the, the stories to your family. Every year I look forward to telling this story. Uh, because I think the more you think about it, the more it will build you up of these are our stories too. Yeah. All right, man, let's finish this up. You ready? I know it's a short one. Right. Comment us, let us know what we want to, you want to talk about later. Um, like it if you liked it, but um, hope this has been a little helpful discussion and there's way more to it, a lot more history, but have some fun looking into it yourself. Uh, here we go. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. God bless you guys. Thank you for watching. And uh, we will talk to you a little bit later. All right. God bless. Take care.